It's incredible to me that instead of extreme MAGA Republicans pivoting to working with us in a common sense way to solve real problems for the American people, their focus is on how do we get Steve Scalise back to Washington so we can continue to do the bidding of Marjorie Taylor Greene and Donald Trump and impeach Secretary Mayorkas. Importance. Now, I mentioned that Blake Moore, the Republican from Utah, he moved to reconsider the vote. This is after he switched his vote from yes to no. The reason that's important is that this was going down at 215 to 215. By rule, a tie vote loses in the House of Representatives. So why would Blake Moore, who's now the vice chair of the Republican conference, who wants to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, switch his vote to no? Well, if you just have a straight vote, a tie vote here, it's off the table. It's done. Fiend, 30. But if you switch your vote to the prevailing side, in this case, the, 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 the no's, so Blake Moore, member of the leadership, switches his vote to the prevailing side, the no's, they are able to recall this vote at some point. Maybe not tonight, maybe not in the next few days, maybe when they get Steve Scalise, the majority leader, back, maybe if they win that special election on Long Island next week, if they win, they might have the votes to impeach. So Blake Moore is not necessarily against impeachment, but what he did is yeah. he switched so he was on the prevailing side. They did What's up, Wayne? How you doing? I'm, hey, Wayne, I'm, what's I'm, going on, brother? I'm good. <laughs> you see him? He was concentrating. Like, gotta get it done. I'm running out of time. <laughs> he won't be talking about much food today. He just ate lunch. <laughs> you know, that intro, <laughs> that intro, that guy on the media, man, he spent a minute and a half saying, so we can vote again. Mm -hmm. I mean, those guys are long-winded, man. I mean, holy smokes, he took a lot of words to say that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. <laughs> Is anybody near Wayne Dupree who can give a Heimlich maneuver? <laughs> I knew that was going to be a disaster. I could tell. I did too. I, I tried. I tried. I was like, should, should I do this last part or not? And it's like the music went on fast forward because I'll like, wait a minute. <laughs> I saw it All coming. Right. All right, so that's happens when you have a bagel first thing in the morning. <laughs> oh, those things are dense too. <laughs> uh -huh, I know that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, wait a minute, it's still there. You know what okay. makes the difference between a bagel and other bread? I made bagels one time. You have to boil them. Oh yeah. 
you got to boil the dough before you bake oh. it. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Blew me away. Wayne Dupree here, along with his trusty sidekick, Hutchbill, the Honorable Virginia. Godfather of Conservative Radio, Ms. Hutchbill Jr. Hello, everybody. And his understudy, the youthful J-Rob from Muslim, Minnesota. What's up, J-Rob? Hey, hey guys. Hopefully everybody's been listening to the Supreme Court today. That's been kind of Let me exciting. Tell you something. I, I learned some stuff. Yeah. And look, some stuff made sense and some stuff didn't make sense to me. Like, I've been saying states should be able to put term limits on the people that they send up to Congress. I learned today that they can't. No, that's a There's the thing. thumbs up. Huh? You just got the thumbs up on your thing. Did you? Somebody did it. God damn it. Okay, but I learned that. I was like, this whole time, I'm, I'm telling people what we need to do. We need to put one of those things that the American people can vote on, which, I mean, honestly, it should be like that, though. It should be like that, right? I Am I wrong? So. No, you're wrong. You're wrong, yeah. The, fa- the, so, Congress, the Congress has to be equal across all 50 states. It can't be this way in California and this way in New York. The state legislature can be. Right. But the federal government, the only way you're going to get that to happen, that's why they say you'll never get Congress to vote itself into term limits. Term limits, right. You have to use a constitutional convention, convention of the states or a constitutional convention. Well, I was wrong. I I apologize. I've I've been – I'm wrong. I mean, they can change it. It's just they have to do it a different way. They can't do it individually. Well, Well, yeah, and I think think listening to the hearing today – and I said the other day it's going to be 9-0. And I think what they're going to do is say that it should be a federal issue, not a state deciding the issue. And and that's something that's that I came plan. I came to the conclusion today that even though we've been saying that states have more power than the federal government, not in all cases. That's true. Because because if you listen to some of the, that argument, and I and and I think it was from the liberal side. You, I mean, well, actually, actually, it might have been. I'll say I don't know who's who. All I hear is voices, but one state can't disenfranchise the voters, the rest of the voters that might not agree with the the heads of the state. If the head of the state say we want Donald Trump off then you're disenfranchising the rest of the voters in that state that want to vote for him in that state. Yep. That's wrong, number one. Number two, you're also affecting all of the other states because each state has electoral votes. So you're not counting on those votes. Or, you know, if they go whack-a-mole on different states, you're canceling that person from getting certain, you know, Arizona, Wisconsin, all this stuff, you know, like like they did them in 2020. No, they do have some uh, jurisdiction, I guess, um, when they decide the criteria for getting on a ballot. You know, you got to have so many votes or so many signatures on a petition. Signatures, right, right, right. 
Well, and I think the overriding principle that the that the judges will all agree on is states have a right to determine what happens in our state. Minnesota gets to decide what our tax rate is. Minnesota gets to decide what our drinking age is. But Minnesota shouldn't make a decision that affects Wisconsin or New York or any other state. And I think where it's probably going to land, if I guess, and this could be wildly wrong, is that the decision they're making about ballot access for President Trump in one state impacts 49 other states. Therefore, it shouldn't be done. It should be done across the board. Mm, like, well, uh, and it also keep seems- a guy, how do you keep a guy off the ballot for something he's never been charged with? Well, actually, right in the last like 10 minutes before the show, that's what I was listening to. Uh, it, Kavanaugh was kind of making that point, like, and and Clarence Thomas, he never says anything in these hearings if you ever listen to him, and that's and crazy. then he comes in and he just like mic drops and he and like both him and Kavanaugh are like, isn't there a federal statute that says you can just charge him with insurrection? And then this isn't an issue, and the guy's like, ah, well, yeah, but you see, there's multiple <laughs> ways to resolve the issue and blah 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 blah. I tried to listen to it. I couldn't listen to just the audio like that because I don't know who's talking. Right. Well, once you know Amy Comey Barrett's voice, like she's the only person conservative. The rest of the women, I think, are all crazy liberals. So (laughs) they're real crazy too. That Soda My Ear says she's living in frustration every day because of the conservatives. Right. Um. So 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 from what I heard, it it didn't seem like both sides were. um, It seemed like both sides got it from 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 the Supreme Court justices. And to me, it sounded like the Supreme Court says, like, why are y'all up here? You know, it's almost like you're wasting our time with this. Yeah. I mean, because both sound I and 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 it's probably better in listening to the voices than watching it, but both sides seem to fumble over a couple of different things. And I think when you're talking to the people of that type of intellect type of things, if you've ever talked to somebody that was smart up here and you're trying to explain something to them and you see their eye roll and stuff. That's what it seemed like to me that the Supreme court was doing to these, these attorneys this morning. Like, oh, man. Um, listen, so why don't you just do it this way? And then, you know, th- th- you know, think of how honestly, folly it is. Think of how folly this is. Right. You know, States taking a guy, the guy that is the most popular politician in the history of America. Mm-hmm. And they're going to try to take him off the ballot. I mean, of course, it's the Supreme Court. So you got to be crazy. You people have law degrees. Yeah, and and that was kind of the running theme throughout the whole thing where everybody kind of lands on like, you guys are trying to take, you're really trying to take somebody off the ballot? Like, that's pretty aggressive since he hasn't been convicted of a crime or charged with it. I still believe that he needs better lawyers, but that's me. I'm serious. I mean... I've been watching some of his past lawyers call out these new lawyers. I've seen some of Trump's lawyers that he had in the past call out the, these lawyers. One of them, well, I ain't, ain't going to do that. He's probably uh, got a serious fear of his own lawyers after Cohen. Yeah. Well, well, this just in. I mean, one, lawyers are critical of each other. But two, there's a number of his former lawyers that wouldn't touch any of his cases with the 10 foot pole. Cause they don't want yeah, the department of justice to come in. And that him. was the, that was the tactic. That was the intention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's completely plausible, not saying I know enough to say if his lawyers are doing a good job or bad job, 
but there's a number of lawyers well, that you probably can hear won't it, work for You can mm-hmm. hear it. You can hear it in some of those things. I mean, all right. I'm still, I'm still, I'm a Sagittarius, y'all. I'm still mad at how they did 2020. And you know, I mean, and and honestly, the pe- some of the people that they put on the courts uh, uh, while Trump was in office, I'm surprised we don't hear more Trump appointed lawyers out there. I I keep hearing Barack Obama, um, uh, Clinton appointed lawyers, Barack Obama appointed lawyers. I'm like, God darn. You know, either way, um, they're probably going to, I mean, look, I'm I'm not a lawyer. I ain't trying to be no lawyer, but they're probably going to say, you know what? I don't know if it's going to be 9-0. I think it might be 6-3, 7-2. I hope not. I hope it's 9-0, man. This is, this, we got to stop this stuff forever. I think what's going to happen is they're going to get in the room and they're going to say, we're not going to make a decision if Trump did insurrection. They're, and they're going to say, like, stop kicking people off the ballots. And well, whatever legal thing they're going to try to do, like, we are not opening Pandora's box for this. We are not opening that. And I think the justices will negotiate with each other because this this has to be a 9-0 ruling, one way or the other, or it's going to tear the country apart. And if it's nine, no, they'll they'll say the court's uh, illegitimate. Well, sure, if it's maybe, five four, right? they'll say the court's illegitimate. Well, yeah, that's true. Congress that's a, that, been, that's a you know, too. if it and that's why I think it'll it'll have to be however they construct it. I think they're going to walk in the room and say, guys, we need to go nine oh, because but that's that's keeping in mind that or under the impression that the justices on the left hand side care exactly. about the country, exactly. uh, and, and they don't. That's why I say it's six three. Or seven two at worst. Katanji uh, Brown, you know she's going to vote no. Exactly what a woman I, is. I listened to her, and and actually I have a couple of um, samples, but I listened to her. And I'm like, she sounded like she's going to go the other way. But here's Turley basically talking about the nine of Congress, and then finally, was this an insurrection? Now, what we're going to be listening for is particularly Chief Justice Roberts. He's going to want to eke out a a heavy majority, if not a unanimity on the court. That's going to mean trying to find something that obviously all of these justices can agree on. That may be the question of whether this is automatic or not. It is less likely to be whether this was an insurrection. But I think that most of us anticipate that the court will look at this rather dimly, that down this road lies madness. If you allow states to do this, a single state Mm -hmm. under our electoral college system could effectively bar a candidate. I'm going to bring in Kerry on this, too. and just That's what y'all were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's I think totally spot on. And I think that Kenji Brown, she. She like in the last like five, 10 minutes before the show, she was uh, cross examining the Colorado guy and she essentially said, like, where does this stop? And, you know, once we open this and this disenfranchise other people and she was kind of going down that path. So I think that'll be kind of where their mutual agreement is, is saying like states can't kick one guy off for a crime he was never charged and convicted of some version of that and then 
because the lefties won't agree that it was an insurrection. They asked, and the and the guy's like, no, this wasn't an insurrection. It was a riot, you know? The other thing is, at the federal level, um, the, the, the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, deems who could run for president. Yes. It tells you who can run for. You have to be 35 years old and right. lived in the country for so long. There's, there's parameters that you have to meet, and the state doesn't get to pick those. Right. Well, that was actually part of the argument. What they said was one of those qualifications is that you couldn't have participated in insurrection right. because of Article 14. So, so what the state's arguing is saying, we feel Trump engaged in insurrection because right. of that. It's just like him being 32 years old, so he can't run. The Trump lawyer said, well, you, you know, insurrection is a matter of opinion, not like birth date is a matter of fact. Here is um, Brown. So is there a possibility that this case continues in federal court if that's our conclusion? I don't see how it could unless Congress were to enact a statute in response to this question. So your point is that it would, we would have to say congressional enacting legislation um, is necessary for either state or federal enforcement. That's correct. All right. Final question. Um, the Colorado Supreme Court concluded that the violent attempts of the petitioner supporters uh, in this case to halt the count uh, on January 6th qualified as an insurrection uh, as defined by Section 3. And I read your opening brief to accept uh, that those events counted as an insurrection, um, but then your reply seemed to suggest that they were not. So wh what is your position? Oh, we, we never accepted or conceded in our opening brief that this was an insurrection. What we said in our opening brief was President Trump did not engage in any act that can plausibly be characterized as insurrection. All right, so why does not it not be an insurrection? What is your argument that it's not? Your reply brief says that it wasn't because I think you say um, it did not involve an organized attempt to overthrow the government. So that's one of many reasons. But for an insurrection, there needs to be an organized, concerted effort to overthrow the government of the United States through violence. And this and so the point is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection? No, we didn't concede that it's an effort to overthrow the government either, Justice Jackson. Right? None of these criteria were met. This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. The events were shameful, criminal, violent, all of those things, but it did not qualify as insurrection as that term is used in Section 3. Thank you. Because, thanks. Thank you, Counsel. Thank you. I don't buy any of that. You know, they always got to add that, that statement in there. The freaking that's, cop, the cops fired on the civilians. That's the violence. That's Trump's, but that's Trump's lawyer. I, I know, I know. You're right. That, 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 that's that's what I said. He should have never said that. Right, right. Because you know he's playing into or These people make me mad, man. That, that's what I'm. That's what I've been saying since since um since 2020. These people aren't the best. You know, and I mean, I'm and 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 you know, I heard I heard one time that. Trump was throwing stuff in it. He, he, he probably threw something when he heard that. You know? Well, and I, I will say, too, this definition of insurrection that they're trying to push through is really wild. Because if this, if disrupting the processing of the Electoral College votes counts as insurrection, I mean... The, the leftist mob that tried to disrupt the Kavanaugh hearings. That was also an insurrection. You, you know, I mean. I'll tell you where the coup was. 
Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell. That's where the coup, the coup was when they stopped yep. the proceedings before they brought the uh, standing. Right. Mm-hmm. Here is um, Kagan. You're relying on a non-presidential case by a justice who later takes back what he said. But the key point with Griffin's case and why it's an important precedent, despite everything Your Honor said, it is not a precedent of this court. But Griffin's case provided the backdrop against which Congress legislated the Enforcement Act of 1870 when it first provided an enforcement mechanism for... Then it did away with it later. It did away with it later, but... But but that has nothing to say with respect to what Section 3 means. Can we get to the issue? Yeah. I got to say, listen to her throughout the hearing she is dumb you know they're, they're all freaks right kagan sotomayor brown they're all freaks they're not normal american women give me a break where do they come from you know that one before her brown or whatever her name is she sounded like she believed it was an insurrection she does and she's on a supreme court she does she is <laughs> And 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 once you and once once you go down that road, there's really nothing really to change that that way you're thinking unless they accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Because even if the candidate is an admitted insurrectionist, Section Three still allows the candidate to run for office and even win election to office, and then see whether Congress lifts that disability after the election. This happened frequently in the wake of the Fourteenth Amendment, where Confederate insurrectionists were elected to Congress. And so- Why yeah. did you go down that road? Yeah, that, he, that, was, that, he was asked that question. Yeah, but the- yeah, but still, as a lawyer, you should be able, as a lawyer, lawyers speak, you can speak around not even saying that to say something else. But I mean, I, I understand understand what you're saying in answering that, in, in answering the question. And, and um, Roberts was the one to ask the question, by the way. So you're talking about that the, the conservative guy is the one who answered the uh, who asked the question. Um, the conservative guy that's being blackmailed, right? Yeah. Did uh, FC Nolan? No, he might have had a slice of pizza or two. Okay. I'm just All right. saying. All right. Here's um. Here's uh. Here's. I guess what was happening on outside there, not side, which this is, which is no, this is not a witch hunt. Okay, gotcha. So it looks like they're in favor of the Colorado plaintiffs. Well, there's their four of today. them. All, yeah, all two for, for, for a grand total inside of the cage there, outside of the <laughs> steps of the U.S. Supreme Court. All right, stand by. We've got a big morning coming up momentarily. Plus, there's this today. Let's get to this. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> And I saw, um, I, I don't know why Laura Loomer is doing this, but um, she, like, she promoted that Senator Blackburn was up there, right? Yeah, there's a couple of them. Yeah, and I was like, hold on, wait a minute, our boy Tuberville is up there too. You can't, I mean, unless you don't know Tuberville, but Senator Tuberville's, call him up there too, you know? J.D. But, uh, is up there too. Who's that? J.D. Vance. Yeah, and it's like, you know, she's calling out, uh, well, then I understand why she's doing it. Uh, she's calling out Matt Gates and uh, um, 
MTG for not being up there too either. So. Matt Gates, man, he went on a little bit of a tirade here lately. He what endorsed happened? Kevin McCarthy for RNC chair. Was that a joke or not? I no. needed to ask y'all because not the, not the article I read wasn't. I mean, I don't. It didn't. I don't well, I read it. his tweet the other night. I was like, "Is he serious?" I think. But I think Matt Gates. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I believe that he understands that that person has to be really good at drumming up money, and Kevin McCarthy's the best at drumming up money. I'm not saying I agree with it. I see, oh, right, right. But I've seen a whole lot of people like, hey, what in the hell are you thinking, man? You know, this is... We should uh, get him on the show and find out. I'd be curious. Well, i got somebody that I'm going to bring on the show, but let me... Your Honor. I don't see that in your brief. Well, I see a lot of focus on the second, but not on the first. There is definitely more focus on the second, and we acknowledge that we have a somewhat heavier lift on the first point. Why? It uh, seems first. to me that you have a list and president is not on it. That, that's certainly an argument in our favor, but there are also, with respect to officer of the United States, that's used repeatedly in the Constitution, in the Commission's Clause, in the Appointments Clause, and also in the impeachment clause, and every time it appears, it's used in a way that clearly excludes. No, I understand, but that's so the second argument. So the that first is. argument the mm -hmm. is we have a list of offices yes. that a person is barred from uh, uh, holding, right? Yes. Under your theory, or under the the language mm -hmm. of, and we see it begins with senator, representative, elector of elector. president, and vice president. And hmm. Um. What's his name? What's the one that uh, got kicked out of Congress? Santos. Santos. Yeah, I talked to him last night. Did you? Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, I think the Democrats winning that special election in the polls right now. In New York? Yeah. Oh, they're totally going to win that seat. The GOP but, sucks. Well, here's the thing, too, because in, uh, in speaking with him about you know how they say, well, you know, he voted no because Scalise is, is, is hurt or whatnot. And, well, you know, he's, he's going through cancer. He's like, well, the people in the room were like, yeah, but next week when Scalise comes back, they're going to vote. He was like, don't count on that because people are out all the time. Right. People are out all the time. Right? He was talking about somebody that was out for a month because of um situation. He was like. Fetterman. Yeah, in the, in the uh, yeah. Senate, right. So, well, and I mean, just imagine if Kevin McCarthy was still in in position and George Santos, that would have passed theoretically. I still think the Republicans would have weaseled out of it, but well, at the very least, they've exposed who they are to a lot of a lot more people uh, than just us. You know, I mean, it, it's a. Uh, I can't believe this Mitch McConnell guy, man. You, you watch behind the scenes of what he did to. The, I'm over here hating this Langford guy. Langford got screwed, man. Oh, God. Langford got freaking screwed. I'm, I almost feel sorry for some of the stuff I said about him. I don't, but I almost do. That You know what? That's why I didn't jump in there on on that. I You know, I just let you go for that one. But, I mean, yeah. It was a gut reaction. You know what I mean? I, I, I know. I know. I know. Right, right. I didn't right. think Mitch McConnell had that capacity to do something like that. I mean, oh, he, McConnell whacked him. He did, man. He pushed him right under the bus and backed it over him again. I got to yeah. say that I listened to the Ted Cruz podcast from a couple days ago where he talked about what happened at the Senate lunch. And it's yeah. like, and, and he just said, McConnell is so desperate 
to get Ukraine money approved that he he sent Lankford in and said, just get the best deal you can. We got to get the Ukraine money through. But the, and the details of it is Ron Johnson. There was a there was a core of Republicans that were literally really negotiating yep. like they wanted the border sealed. And Ron Johnson led the charge and said, look, we'll do this. But this money has to be tied to metrics. You have to stop so many people at the border before you get this billion. And then we'll talk about the second billion. And, and it was all metrics driven, you know, and, and Mitch McConnell told Langford that's not on the table. Yep. So Langford's in there negotiating with his hands tied behind his back. Mm-hmm. When we could have had a deal that we lost $60 billion, but the border was sealed. Well, and, McConnell would not let that happen. And the sad thing is, too, is that no matter how this goes down, the way they did it only gives Democrats something to run on in the general. We passed a border deal. The Republicans wouldn't do it. where They shouldn't have even entered that negotiation. And the media should have never called it a border bill. They should have called it a Ukraine funding bill. $60 billion, the biggest thing in that bill, and they lied to the American people that it's just about the border. Well, and in the House, they introduced the standalone Israel funding. So they just took the funding that was in that bill for Israel, pulled it out, and said, we're going to put this on there, and it didn't pass. It shot down, exactly. It got and I'm shot glad, down. And I'm glad it did. We don't need to spend any more money for anybody else. Right? You know, when, when um, that's why I played that Chuck Schumer thing um, last at the beginning of the week or at, at the end of last week when he got up there and said, basically, Chuck Schumer was like, we're trying to, we're trying to take care of the border and the Republicans. I'm like, wait a minute. How did that switch? Y'all don't care about the border. And now you're talking about, now y'all have a bill to take care of the border. And now it's the Republicans that, that don't want to fix the border. I'm like, wow. Well, this is how uh, Democrats do it. Exactly right. And they're going to run on that in a couple of months in their general election. We put the bill on the table. The Republicans, no, 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 no. The radical. Mega Republican. Yeah, exactly. Did not want, uh, and, and that's why we need to take back the House so we can take care of the border and and, and stop all of the 5,000, 5,000 limit. And that's I saw, I saw a thing that, that detailed this whole plan. Like about the border, it's like all been planned. Mm. Open the borders, let this many people in closer to the election. Say we got to stop this. We got to do something now. Put a bill out there that there's no way the Republicans will pass, and then blame the Republicans all the way to November. I mean, it's well, literally yeah, I mean, a plan. Well, yeah, you see it unfold. And Mitch McConnell, he's he's in on it. Yeah, you know, 2021, no border problem, folks. 2022, no, 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 no border secure. 2023. Oh, yeah, no borders. Great. Five <laughs> months, six months before election season really gets going, or how? Oh, man, the Democrats are trying to save us. They're right. going to. We're going to see the the mega Republicans. They want immigration. That's all they want. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And people fall for it. Too. They do. They do. It's embarrassing. It really is. It's embarrassing. The intellect, intellectual level of the average voter is freaking embarrassing in this country.
Well, and I actually went back and I finished the last like 60 pages that I hadn't read. <laughs> and because I just had to. It, it's like, have you ever watched a really shitty movie and you're like, I can't finish it? Then the next day you're like, okay, I got to see how that ends. And, no, and, I'm, and I'm so, like, man, I wonder how that ended. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so literally, this bill, you show up at the border, they got six months to deal with your claim or you get kicked loose. It's still catch and release. We get to pay for your attorneys. So, so you showing up, taxpayers get to pay for your attorneys. And then we send six, I can't remember the number. I'll get the number wrong. It was hundreds of millions of dollars to non-government organizations who then provide you aid while you're settling in or while your stuff's getting to do. So, so it's like we invite all these illegal immigrants in and we just pay for them. It's great. Here is now I now the thing now um the case is about Trump being on the ballot. Right? Yes. Okay. Not about um uh, why uh why January 6th wasn't an insurrection. Correct. Okay. All right. So that's why I say I don't think it's going to be nine to oh nine oh. Contingent Brown one um, asked a Trump lawyer why January six wasn't an insurrection. I want to play that right now. Um, the Colorado Supreme Court concluded that the violent attempts of the petitioner supporters. Uh, in this case, to halt the count uh, on January 6th qualified as an insurrection uh, as defined by Section 3. And I read your opening brief to accept uh, that those events counted as an insurrection. Um, but then your reply seemed to suggest that they were not. So wh what is your position oh, as to that? We, we never accepted or conceded in our opening brief that this was an insurrection. What we said in our opening brief was President Trump did not engage in any act that can plausibly be characterized as insurrection. All right, so because why would this not, not be an insurrection? What is your argument that it's not? Your reply brief says that it wasn't because I think you say um, it did not involve an organized attempt to overthrow right. the government. So That's one of many reasons. But for an insurrection, there needs to be an organized, concerted effort to overthrow the government of the United States through violence. And this and so the point is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection. No, we didn't concede that it's an effort to overthrow the government either, Justice Jackson. Right? None of these criteria were met. This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. The events were shameful, criminal, violent, all of those things, but it did not qualify as insurrection, as that term is used in Section Three. Thank you. Because thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you played that one before. Uh, yeah, the end, but where she was going with that. She Publicly, she yeah, exactly. It's it's right in here. How do we let these people on the Supreme Court? That's your Senate. She That's your Lindsey Graham right there. She couldn't answer the question, "What is a woman?" in her confirmation right. hearing. And you can listen to her, and you can tell she's not. She shouldn't be there. Right. And I don't give a damn what color she is. By the way, mm. if well, that was a white guy, I'd say the same thing. And what this is setting up for with her and a couple of other lefties is they are. They are letting Chief Justice Roberts know we are not going to weigh in on it, whether this was or wasn't an insurrection. So there is a space for them to make a ruling to say you haven't adjudicated if it was an insurrection. If 
that that sort of thing. And that's where earlier when they were talking about office or officers or that sort of thing, the language of the Constitution doesn't officially say president. And the language of the Constitution specifically names a bunch of like. I was going to say it excludes a president. Just about. Right. And and you get into some mishy-mash legal stuff, whether that applies to the president or not. There was a lot of discussion about, well, do they include it? Didn't they just include it? Was it an oversight? Was it not an oversight? And I think the thing to realize is that all that stuff was written coming out of the Civil War. And it was meant right. to include officers of the Confederacy, of the actual CSA, of the Army. And from and, and listening to some of those arguments, even though it was meant to include some of them, some of them still yeah. got elected. Right. And you wouldn't okay. know who they are because they tore all their statues down already. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. I mean, this is a prime example. So coming out of the Civil yeah, War, <laughs> coming out of the Civil War, they passed the amendments and a bunch of laws relating to this. And I don't think they ever imagined that a hundred and some years later, we would be applying it in this manner. And that's why it's kind of like us with the Patriot Act. When the Patriot Act came out, we're like, Hey, this is great. Let's do it. Stop the terrorists. And now we're like, okay, we gave the government way too much power. They're using it in a way different way. 20 years from now. I don't think they realized that there would be this many people that hated their own country. That's true. Because that's what we're looking at. Yep. Everybody in all these Arguments, man. The people against Trump are against their self, themselves. The one question, and I still have a few minutes left to listen because we started the show. I'm just want. I wanted one of the justices to ask. Okay, if we let this stand and you kick Trump off the ballot, and then he's elected, does that mean that you guys don't have to follow his authority? And I think it was uh, Roberts, or it was. Um, the, uh, one of the other dudes, not a lead, or I'm blanking on Kavanaugh, asked, so you're saying that right when he did January 6th, that technically he was an insurrectionist. What if the military felt that way and decided not to listen to him? Some because, of them did. Right. But, but they were asking that question, saying what you're saying is as soon as this happens, it's a self-fulfilling clause. There's no judiciary necessary to determine if they broke the law, what if everybody that reports to the president says, oh, nope, we're done listening? Like, is that okay? And the guy's like, um, well, um, well, no, it's a little more nuanced. They should probably go to court. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> yeah. And and um, I don't know why people are up there right now outside uh, the Supreme Court. Supreme Court never gives decisions in the same day. For like three weeks, <laughs> you know. So I mean, I mean, well, unless it's going to be another Occupy Wall Street type of thing, y'all going to be out there for a while. Uh, oh, wait a minute, hold on. Um, let's see. Seems like there was a little dust up. Okay. Um, seemed like there was a little dust up. Did you hear a, a, a dust up, uh, Jason, when you were listening to it? Uh. Between who? Um, there was a lot of back and forth. Colorado attorney uh, and Kavanaugh. Oh, yeah. Oh, if you got that clip, that was excellent. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting it right now. 
Yeah, it was, uh, it, this was a fun one to listen to folks. I'd say I, so far it's been on for like an hour or so. I would yeah. encourage everybody to go listen to it. It was, it's fascinating. Here it is. A goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot, and others, uh, the, for the Republican candidate, you're off the ballot, and it'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence. Well, certainly, Your Honor, the fact that there are potential frivolous applications of a constitutional provision isn't a reason... Well, no, hold on. I mean, you might think they're frivolous, but probably the people who are bringing them may not think they're frivolous. Um, insurrection is a broad, uh, broad term, and if there's some debate about it, I suppose that will go into the uh, decision, and then eventually what we would be deciding, uh, whether uh, it was an insurrection when one president did something as opposed to when somebody else did something else, and what do we do? Do we wait until near the time of uh, uh, counting the ballots and sort of go through which states uh, are valid and which states aren't? There's a reason Section 3 has been dormant for 150 years, and it's because we haven't seen anything like January 6th since Reconstruction. Insurrection against the Constitution is something extraordinary. It seems and to me you're avoiding the question, which is other states <laughs> may have different views about what constitutes insurrection. And now you're saying, well, it's all right because somebody, presumably us, are going to decide, well, they said they thought that was an insurrection, but they were wrong. And maybe they thought it was right. And we'd have to develop rules for what constitutes an insurrection. Yes, Your Honor, just like this court interprets other constitutional provisions, this court can make clear that an insurrection against the Constitution is something extraordinary. And in particular, it really requires a concerted group effort to resist through violence, not some ordinary application of state or federal law, but the functions mandated by the Constitution On, on your itself. point that it's been dormant for 155 years, I think the other side would say the reason for that is Chief Justice Chase's opinion in 1869 in Griffin's case to start, which says that Congress has the authority here, not the states. That's followed up by the Enforcement Act of 1870 in which Congress acts upon that understanding which is followed, and there's no history contrary in that period, as Justice Thomas pointed out. There's no history contrary in all the years leading up to this of states exercising such authority. I think the reason it's been dormant is because there's been a settled understanding that Chief Justice Chase, even if not right in every detail, was essentially right, and the branches of the government have acted under that settled understanding for 155 years, and Congress can change that. And Congress does have Section 2383, of course, the Insurrection Act uh, criminal statute, but Congress could change it, but they have not in 155 years in relevant respects for what you want here today, at least. No, Justice Kavanaugh. The reason why it's been dormant is because by 1876, essentially all former Confederates had received amnesty. And we haven't seen anything like an insurrection since then. I'd like to address your point. Well, you can know, I go to that point? After the... Uh, Justice Alito? I don't know how much we can infer from the fact that we haven't seen anything like this before and therefore conclude that we're, never, we're not going to see something in the future. Crazy. That's crazy. No, Justice Kavanaugh. You know, when I listened to it, though, the first part where, where Murray said, and, and this is understanding the liberal mindset, they're the, the justice said something like, hey, what if these people go to kick him off other ballots and that sort of thing? And he's like, well, I'm not saying people won't do frivolous stuff. And it's like Jason Murray's opinion 
that Trump committed insurrection should be paramount. Mine isn't, you know, his opinion, he's saying, isn't frivolous, Mm -hmm. even though half the country believes that it wasn't an insurrection. But his opinion should be the one that counts. Anybody who thinks it's an insurrection doesn't know what an insurrection is. Correct. Correct. And that and 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 bro, and that's what that's what I meant by the intellect of the voter in America. Yeah, right. That's that's where we are right now. There's a whole lot of people yeah, that don't know right. a whole lot of things. That's absolutely uh, look at the man on the street interviews. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I used to say it, these dumb kids don't know what year the war eighteen twelve was in. People yep. out, people <laughs> delayed reaction, ladies and gentlemen. He always, gets, he always gets me. I remember the first time he used that, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, what?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, you're right." Hutch isn't wrong. Hutch, no, what, no, what no, is no. an insurrection, I mean, Hutch? Let's was, just clarify it for the people. I didn't hear you. I said, "What is an insurrection?" What an organized group of people decides they're going to try to take over the United or any government by use of force. And it usually includes assassination of current leaders and takeover of news stations uh, and, and other communication. Um, and that clearly is not what happened. I mean, I think I would like to see the story reversed into what it actually was. Federal armed law enforcement personnel firing on innocent, unarmed civilians. That's what happened. That's what happened. And that's the violence. That's where the violence started. People defending themselves against that. And for those lawyers to get up there and act like it was our fault, mm-hmm. it wasn't our fault. I've been to many rallies and I've never seen a violent one uh, connected to Donald Trump. Actually, I got to say, if if folks haven't seen it, did you guys see that documentary about the timeline of January 6th? I, I'd have to look up what it was called. But one of the guys took all the footage that's been released from independent journalists and from you know whatever government sources and he like split screen them and time stamped it all so all of them were synced at the same time so you can see like when trump's given his speech they're all peaceful and then they start getting shot at with rubber bullets and and smoke grenades and concussion grenades and concussion grenades and then they actually have have some body cam footage or somebody was was behind the line showing this guy like, oh, we let me let me get another smoke bomb or let me get another concussion bomb, and that's when the crowd got riled up. Was when and, and I think one of the, with a plastic bullet in his uh, cheek, and I think one of the worst parts of that thing was when the the Capitol Police Lieutenant killed Ashley Babbitt and immediately got on his radio and said, "Shots fired! Shots fired! I got my weapon out! Shots fired!" And he's the only one that shot anybody. Right. You know, when you're in law enforcement, that triggers something in your head, a survival tactic, you know, that, hey, now it's on. And that's probably when the head started getting beaten. Yeah, actually, if you looked at it, that's very true, because the way he announced it and when he announced it, the violence level that the officers used against the protesters ratcheted up incredibly. And for, yeah, the, and- for the honest officers, that's understandable. Right. Not the provocateurs. I'm not talking about them. But every one of those cops wasn't a provocateur. Right. Oh, Amber Lee saw that documentary I was talking about. Amber, do you remember what it was called? I can look it up too. But I know it was on Twitter and it's about an hour long. It was really fascinating. Because it's the first time I've seen everything 
synced up and time stamped and, and, and that's why that's why they need that's why the footage needs to be released. Right. Is to crowdsource it so people could do things like that. Because yeah. you know the media is not going to waste any time on that. Oh, right. Well, and that came up in today's trial too, where they were talking about the January 6th report. And the conservative justices are, do you think that perhaps people might dispute the validity of that report? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. This was great. It was insane. What's your definition of um, insurrection, Jason? Uh, Insurrection needs to involve uh, overthrowing whatever government institution. Like, that's got to be the end goal. And in this case, there was no reasonable expectation from anybody there to overthrow the government. They didn't bring guns. They didn't, you know, they didn't do any of those things. Some legal definitions of insurrection talk about legal resisting or disruption of government activities. And that's kind of a more broad interpretation of it. So I think if you if you read any of the documentation around the Civil War, they they said, hey, raising an army, taking field against the federal government, that's an insurrection, not something like disrupt, disrupting an electoral process. But there are some definitions that you'll find in legal texts or from legal scholars that say just the act of disrupting legislative activity counts as insurrection. And if you accept that interpretation, which you can, Mm-hmm. But then every time a leftist group takes over a state capital, a city capital, or a capital building and disrupts the legislative process, by your definition, those people engaged in an insurrection as well. But that definition already has its own definition because there's people in jail because of that charge you're saying of interrupting the uh, procedure or whatever. Correct. That's its own crime. So, well, yeah, and that's actually. Uh, what the January Sixers are charged with is a statute called 1512-2C, I believe. It's either B or C. It was part of Sarbanes-Oxley, which was an accounting practice that came out of Enron. And what it said, the purpose of the law was if you're being investigated by a federal agency and you destroy information, you're obstructing their investigation, you can go to jail for that. Unless so- you're Hillary Clinton. Unless you're Hillary Clinton. <laughs> the language of the law though, just said disrupting a federal process. So for the first time in the history since this law was written 30 years ago, they're trying to apply that to the January Sixers. And the reason is the assaulting the police officer, trespassing, all those crimes, lefties don't enforce. So you can't throw them in jail. But 1512, part of Sarbanes-Oxley, carries up to like 20 years in prison. So they're trying to say, well, you disrupted this legislative process. Therefore, you violated this statute. We can give you up to 20 years in jail. So and that's we've talked about before that January 6th case that's going to go up about this 1512. I can't remember which defendant uh, got it to the Supreme Court. That's what he's going to be that's what they're going to be reviewing is like, can you even use this law for this purpose? Right. President Trump just um, responded to the Supreme Court. Uh, In watching the Supreme Court today, I thought it was very, it's a very beautiful process. I hope that 
democracy in this country will continue. Uh, because right now we have a very, very tough situation with all of the radical left ideas, with the weaponization of uh, politics. They weaponized it like it's never been weaponized before. It's totally illegal, but they do it anyway. And it has to stop. Every one of the court cases that I'm involved, every single one, civil, whether it's the attorney generals or the district attorneys, you look at Fadi in Georgia, they had many meetings with the White House and with the DOJ. They went there, eight-hour meetings. That was all staged. That was a phony hoax. And now you look at it, and it is a phony hoax. And hopefully that case will be dismissed in short order. It's a, it's a disgrace to this country. But they work together with the Justice Department and the White House, and not supposed to do that. Every one of these cases you see comes out of the White House. It comes out of Biden. It's election interference, and it's really very sad. Uh, I thought the presentation today was a very good one. I think it was well-received. I hope it was well-received. You have millions of people that are out there wanting to vote, and they happen to want to vote for me or the Republican Party or whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it. But I'm the one running, and we are leading in every poll. We're leading in the uh, local polls, in the state polls, and we're leading in the swing state polls, and we're leading very big in the national polls. So it's been a very great honor. We love the country. I think the reason we have such big leads, frankly, is that they loved four years of us compared to the three years plus the three years that they've gone with Biden, where you have open borders, you have crime. That's President Trump speaking about um, the the uh, the court case at in front of the Supreme Court. And I'm sure he probably heard the same thing that we heard um, the justices sound like they as I said before, they was, man, I can't believe this is wasting our time. We could be watching the store like um, uh, as the world turns or something like that. But, yeah, I'm, well, I'm looking forward to the interview at six o'clock with Putin. Oh, yeah, we got to get to man, that. I read, I read some of that transcript, boy. Oh, I haven't seen the transcript yet. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I told you, man, even Putin says Biden ain't running nothing. Yep. Well, he's always I without I with the idea of not trying to sound pro Putin. Um, whenever you hear him speak about certain things at certain times, you can take it to the bank. You know, I mean he's and I understand that our side is always talking about how Russia is doing the propaganding or spreading propaganda and stuff. They but, have no leg. They have no leg to stand on anymore with that. With right, the propaganda right. that they're putting out there, every network exactly. we have is works for the government. Right. I was going to say the fact that Tucker Carlson's going to go talk to Putin, and they're they're like every news media organization is calling him a Russian plant. Oh yeah. There are people calling for sanctions. There are countries in Europe that are threatening to like revoke his passport. They are guns ablazing. Oh, they are. And, and the reason is, is because the last time somebody interviewed Putin from the mainstream media, it was NBC, and he kicked their ass. Yep. He came on there. They started trying to blame him for all this stuff, and he turned around to that reporter and said, did your government kill Ashley Babbitt? Right. I mean, he just came right out with it. He sounded he sound like he was a That's panelist. what I said. Yeah, he, he's, quick on, he's quick on the move. He said, when, it doesn't matter who's president with these guys. The same people are always in charge. Yep. Yeah. I've been dealing with them for years. 
He says, it's, right. not, it's not the president. I'll tell you some people I'd like to take out. And he didn't mention any names, but he's talking about Victoria Newland and the people in the state department that are causing this havoc all over the country, all over the world. Oh, and I got to say, Tucker, you know, he's sitting on a few interviews and how soon till he goes and interviews Snowden and Assange and, you know, and layers on, I mean, the deep state scared the hell out of, they, they are terrified of Tucker Carlson. Yeah, be and, careful, you know, Tucker. I'm imagining Putin, especially since it's on X, that's not censored. He's going to talk about bio labs. He's going to talk about the U S being involved in all sorts of shenanigans in Ukraine. People are, and they're losing their minds because how many people are going to watch that tonight? I think it's at six. I know I am. I, I mean, I'm, it's going to be 10. I'm missing a soccer people. match over that for my grandson, man. I, you got to see that. That's important stuff right there. Yep. Um, yeah. Wayne's not watching. Well, whatever. No. no, I mean, you know, I, I mean, that that's, believe me, I, I, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying nobody's a Putin lover. I am not a Putin lover. I, I trust him more than I trust Barack Obama. I tell you that. Me too. I was in and the Cold I, War. I, I mean, I, I know all, what time it is. And also trust him more than I do Biden, you know. And and I was glad when President Trump got out there and uh, basically put them in their place and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm just looking at other stuff. You know, I'm I'm you know I'm just looking at other stuff. Now, uh, I uh, the Russian press secretary did come out and correct Tucker though. Tucker said that no other Western journalism journalist was um, getting interviews, and the press secretary was like, "No." Well, and 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 a lot of well, not a couple of the liberal websites that I saw said he called Tucker a liar. He didn't call him a liar. He said he was wrong in saying that, but he wouldn't have known that. So when Tucker came out and said. He, you know, no other Western journal. He didn't know that some guy other in, Western some guy journalists, BBC, did it. Yeah, were were coming out and asking for those types of interviews with Putin. So he said, "Yeah, I mean, no." He's I'll wrong, tell you. I'll tell you why I'm going. The reason I'm going to watch it is because it's the first time that I've ever seen a journalist interview a Russian president or Soviet president that wasn't a leftist shill for him. When we were growing up, the media used to interview Gorbachev. They thought he was the second coming of Christ. You know, it's the way they dealt with him. And that's not going to, that's not the way this interview will be. And I just want to, I want to see what he says. The reason why I probably won't, well, why I won't watch it is because I like when Putin calls out the liberals in front of their face. So, when they have to choke on some of their questions and stuff. That's it's funny that, to me. That's that NBC interview I was talking about. Exactly. CNN, MSN. I mean, that's great for me because it's, <clears throat> it's exposing what the liberal biased media is right to their face, meaning showing that this, well, he can't be all that bad if he's going to break out. I mean, you know, he, he's going to, I mean, it's not good. actually bad and stuff. Dude, you, I mean, you tell him liberal, I mean, and you, you tell him, boom, it's like, what? oh, shit, he just said, oh, damn. I'm just hoping that people you might see this. Talking, though. People might see this, 
you know, all, all you're getting in America about Putin is what the freaking government's telling you. Right. So maybe if the guy talks, maybe some people will be like, wait a minute, man. I thought this guy was Adolf Hitler. Well, and if maybe you let, well, if you watch some of his um his monologues that he does in front of all those people on YouTube, oh, he he throws it out there what the American people or or no. He, he, and it's one thing about Putin. He doesn't talk about the American people. He talks about the people. Russian people. No, no. He talks about uh, the American government. Exactly. Yeah, that's what he, he said in the transcript I saw. Yeah, he doesn't talk about the, um, the American people. Well, I got to say. seem like he has anything against them. He doesn't. It's I'm going to be watching with bated breath because what I love about Putin is he calls out, and I'm not saying Putin's a good guy. I'm not saying I agree with him. People are going to be like, oh, you're a Russian lover. He is the only world leader who's not afraid to call out our corrupt political elite class. And everything he's going to say about that political elite class, that's probably going to be true. When he's talking about them ignoring the bio labs or the Ukraine's money laundering or whatever he's going to say, I'm betting most of what he's accusing them of, they're guilty of. No, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not taking a pro-Putin stance, but he has all the information on what these folks are doing. The KGB knows. The KGB probably has a copy of the Epstein client list. You know what I mean? And they, our government won't tell us, but Putin will certainly allude to it. I'll tell you what, you do an honest assessment of what the government of Russia versus the government of the United States has done to this planet in the last 20 years, and you tell me who did worse. Because 100%. I guarantee I mean, it's just, you see Russia and any other country fighting a war every single year for the past 50 years? No. Right. And they've done things in the past, and I'm not a communist, you know, but when, when it comes to getting along, Trump had the best policy of any of them. Right. You got to get along with these people. Yes, I respect him. He's been president for 50 years. <laughs> you know? Of course yeah. he respects him. Yeah, I, I, I just, cool. again, I just like when he, I, because him, him speaking to the people on our side, you know, it's, confer, it's that confirming what we already know. Him speaking to the liberal media and shutting them up, that's, that's what we like. That's what we like about Trump. So when he is not going to do that. So when we see him do that to the media, when we see Putin do that to the media's face, we're like, yeah, get him, get him, you know, sort of like that. We don't say that with Tucker. With Tucker, you're like, yeah, I knew it all the time. Yeah, I, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. And liberals won't watch that. It's we sad, that our, media, it's sad that our media. Won't. It's sad our media is like that, too, because Tucker's the only real journalist in the conversation. Yep. When you think about it, I mean, media is supposed to be level they're not supposed to he's not coming out there with right-wing talking points he's asking the guy a question well he's coming out there with talking points well and i think what'll be funny too is when they announced this thing all all these uh zelinsky interviews started resurfacing people went and found them and reposted them and it's the liberal media like so what's your favorite rock band and how do you do this or that and not like how come you keep talking about joining NATO, which you told Russia you wouldn't do? You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, did you hear? Hard. 
Did you hear they put them on um, a list? Well, actually, the EU right now is um, thinking about sanctioning um, Tucker. Yeah. Whatever. You know, whatever, y'all. Tells you everything you need to know. Exactly. Well, I got to say, rich and powerful people, man, they uh, they want that war in Ukraine. And it was think- funny. I saw a really good interview clip from Senator Angus King, who is a Democrat from, I think, Maine. And he was talking about how great it was. And people are misunderstanding this Ukraine aid. 48 of the $60 million goes to Americans because American companies are building the weapons. And then, you know, and and so we benefit so greatly. It's not like we're sending Ukraine a check. And, And I'm sitting there listening to this going, holy crap, this guy's just admitting that the military industrial complex gets $48 billion. And, and guess who gets think, a cut of that? Every one of those senators. And then every one of the senators get a, gets a cut of that and their cousins and their nephews, and they get hired for speaking gigs. I mean, I he admits that. to the money laundering operation. Alexander Vindman gets his own company in Ukraine. Right. And, tanks. and he out there yelling and fussing on social media about Congress not passing. Oh, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, that reminds me, I, I read it while y'all were talking. The Senate just passed you um the Ukrainian um aid package bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, standalone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how our colleagues in the house are gonna stand up to it. And I just and I also saw y'all know Matt Rosendale, right? Yeah. What do y'all think about that? Him. Well, what what about what? Well, Johnson is pulling back his um, endorsement. Speaker Johnson is pulling back in his endorsement of Rosendale. There's something flaky about him. There's something, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's been starting to surface lately. I thought he was a good guy at first. Um, he's, he's the, he was the congressman that uh, was in the area that the Chinese balloon flew over. Really? Yeah. And he brought a lot of that uh, into the media, but, it was, There's some, something Trump that is, I, I don't know what it is. I, I can't remember. I'd have to research it. But there's something flaky about that guy lately. Man, so if the just getting back to your previous point, if they passed a standalone Ukraine Israel package, does this pass the house, guys? I hope not. Yeah. I mean, it'll it'll ruin the house. I yeah. think it does. Yeah, it does. It does. You know why? Because you have people on the Republican side. That would side with the Democrats to pass the bill. Yep, you sure? Yeah. And Um, so we're going to pass. I mean, if it's Ukraine and you said it was Ukraine and Israel, that's like $72 billion and Republicans got nothing for it. Oh, my God. No, wait. The Senate voted Thursday to advance a $95 billion emergency security suspending bill. I'm, I'm, I'm reading it right now. Um, again, the Senate voted Thursday to advance a $95 billion emergency security spending bill with $60 billion to support the war in Ukraine, but without a partisan border security bill ran into stiff opposition by Republicans. The Senate voted 67 to 32. That's to advance it, yeah. That's not, that's, they didn't okay, vote for the bill so that's yet. That's not the final vote. To no, advance it. Yeah, that, that's so they can bring it to the full Senate. 
Yeah. Uh, and probably some of the people that voted for that are banking on the fact that it's going to get shot down. Right. They, let's see. They will also have a vote on amending it with the $95 billion defense spending bill, which the Senate Appropriations <laughs> Committee unveiled Wednesday afternoon. This is after they gave them $900 billion a couple months ago, man. The it's Defense like- Department needs to be defunded. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! It some of this stuff is just comical. Like, how it's, are we talking about a sixty billion dollar Ukraine bill? Ninety five billion. I mean, it's like they're they're acting like we're not broke, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right yeah. now, um, Gene Shaheen says, right now Ukraine has just twenty percent of the ammunition and artillery it needs as Russia is advancing. So surrender how- then. How about that? Surrender. <laughs> it's over. Did you see they just? Increase their conscription laws in Ukraine. They're burning it to the ground. So they just passed a law that you can conscript anybody into the military. And if you try to dodge it, they freeze all your assets. Hey, listen, I did a story on this. You know what they're really doing over there? Guys are afraid to go outside in the morning. Right. They're They're afraid to go to work because the army is driving around in vans, snatching people off the street. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Literally. Right. Really? Yeah. In Ukraine. You look in, in some of these cities and gatherings and churches and everywhere else, it's nothing but women and old people. Damn. They're losing a whole generation of young men in Ukraine. It's oh, criminal. Yeah. It's a Dude, tragedy. Check out the Ukrainian telegram channels where they actually have like live feeds of it doing it. It's some of this. Look at the Ukrainian stuff. funerals. Right. Look at the grave, the, the cemeteries. Yep. It's like a freaking Civil War cemetery, man. And these dudes are kind of like the draft dodgers back in the day. Only the government is like, they're going after them. They're shutting off their bank accounts, shutting yeah. off their credit cards. They're just going by scooping them up. They're, they're running out of bodies, literally. It says here, um, Zelensky just dismissed his top general after weeks of speculation that a yeah. conflict between the two was coming to a head. Now, go ahead. here's the thing about that. I wish I had his name up there. It's hard to pronounce, but he's the head general right now. And Valerie, he's very, yeah, he's very, Shogun or something like that. Shogun. Zal. No, Zhao it yeah, it's the, it's, it's you say Zhao, but anyway, the yeah. point is the guy is highly popular with the Ukrainian people. There's about ready to be a civil war in Ukraine. Mark my words. And okay. he was saying, we need to stop the war. We're like, this yeah, is, we need to go to the negotiating table. This is going poorly. And that's and why not they're, trying just they're running money. out of Well, not because they're running out of equipment, because they're running out of bodies. Yeah, the money, the rush and the money is because the party's almost over. Right. That's why they're trying to rush the money. They know the party's almost over. Right, right. The only thing we probably won't see is him in a in an underground bunker hiding. Yeah. You go see, like, but uh, you watch and see if he doesn't retire. Yeah, he'll retire. He's got a mansion in Florida, I think. Uh, he I ain't going to make it. He ain't going to make he it. He sure does, don't he? He Son ain't going to make it. Son You're never going to hear from him again. Uh, he may disappear, but I don't know if he'll get off. I think he was a useful puppet. All these guys, that $60 billion, if that passes, I mean, can you imagine how much money is going to go into the coffers of all of all the people in the military industrial complex. And the thing is they got to get it passed 
because let's say Ukraine does surrender or whatever in the next six months, they can still spend all that money once it's approved. And you know they will. And then, yeah, it's oh, just ridiculous. Zelensky knows too much, man. Zelensky's got a rough future. You look at how they operate. Look what they did in Vietnam. I mean, it, it, it's what they do. That's their playbook. Yeah, you could be right. Just um, like just like McConnell. He's gone, too, but he's not going to get killed. But McConnell's he's, he's getting house of cards. Yep. <laughs> Although what's sad. He's going to retire. What's sad is is he he's just going to get replaced with somebody equally as bad. <laughs> Did y'all see what he just said? <laughs> Nod. <laughs> Did y'all see the 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 um the graphic I sent you? I in saw the, chat? the picture I saw. Was that a, yeah, was yeah, that yeah. a GIF or something? GIF or something? No, no, that I, was uh, the boss. Oh yeah, yeah the boss. boss yeah. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was a good series. Um yeah, so that that's 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 along that's along with the top of the story. The judge also denied Peter Navarro's bid to avoid prison while appealing contempt of Congress wow. conviction. That was about eleven minutes ago. So they're sending him to jail and uh he's seventy years old. That's wrong. For a non-crime. Because he didn't want to come to the January 6th committee. That has been proven by a PBS video documentary mm -hmm. that it was a sham. A public relations sham by PBS. And they're sending this man to prison. What's Jesus. funny is people watch that PBS documentary. And, and they're like, oh, no, that was great that they hired a Hollywood production company to really take this important story to the American people. CEO of ABC News. Yeah, you, I think I had retweeted the video, but for those who haven't seen, PBS did a documentary about January 6th, and it shows all these folks saying, we had this important... So it's framed up like it's a hearing. And they said, we had this important story to tell, so we hired the former head of ABC News to present it like a nine-part yep. docu docu-series to spin this narrative because we knew if we lost their attention that people wouldn't understand and wouldn't be a big deal. So we produced it with Hollywood producers and put it in primetime. I'm watching this and I'm going, every one of these MFers should be thrown in prison. And you know who <laughs> said that? What you just said, you know who said that? Kinzinger. Kinzinger, right. They should be going, they should go to prison. Yeah. And, and it's like, it should be a capital. It should be an insurrection offense. It should be. I mean, you talk about disrupting politics. So do the American people know we spent, you know, however many millions of dollars to present a one-sided view of what happened on January 6th in coordination with the mainstream media in primetime? And, oh, and by the way, we destroyed all the receipts. Right. Yeah. That's kind of um, like Jeannie Carroll. Did you guys see that yesterday? It came out. They turned down the Trump appeal, but... So after they extended the statute of limitations for a civil thing so that she could sue him, she had texts with the big donor guy and George Conway, and they told her to save those texts because they wanted to use it to show it was just a money grub, and she deleted them, which was the context of the Trump appeal that they turned down yesterday. And it's like the Trump lawyers are like, 
we think this is a money play. So we'd like the communication back and forth, to, you know, between George Conway, who wasn't her attorney and whatnot. And uh, they're like, oh, no, she deleted those. And they're like, ah, no big deal. Phone company didn't. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. The phone company didn't. Yeah. Good. Good one for that one. Um, what was I going to say? Um, Super Bowl was this weekend. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't bet against the Chiefs. Ever. Oh. Ever. Uh, head on over to splitrockcoffee.com. If you're watching or listening to the show, head on over to splitrockcoffee.com. We had Paul Reese on here a couple of months ago. Um, check out what they're doing uh, for veterans and disabled veterans. Uh, you got two veterans here on the show. You got another veteran um, over here. Of Muslim soda, by the way, the G of the jihad veteran of the, <laughs> the jihadis can't confirm. Split rock coffee, really good coffee. Yeah, uh, yeah, go, um, low acid, low acid. It is, it is low, low acid, and um, uh, what did he say? He was like, um, when it's dark, roast. Dark has less caffeine than light roast. Light roast has more caffeine. Dark yep. roast has less caffeine. Right, right. Yeah, so the, so if you drink the medium roast, it doesn't taste as strong, but yeah. it kicks your ass. It's it's pretty good, pretty good caffeine. You know what? I had I I had real heavy heavy roast one time. I'll never do that again. That that's not for me. I'm I'm on the lighter side. Uh, but yeah, they got medium roast, light medium roast, light roast, dark roast. Uh, breakfast blend, uh, 100% Colombian coffee house blend. Uh, so it's 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 great, it's great coffee. We've had it so, uh, splitrockcoffee.com. Use the promo code WD show and get 10% off. Uh, yeah, I've been seeing all these other people putting on it, all this other coffee, so I'm like, to hell with that, we got to start. Uh, promoting one of our viewers. <laughs> well, so. Debbie hit the nail on the head too, where, you know, for those of us who tend to drink coffee all day, like that's one of their taglines, coffee and drink all day. And it's, uh, it's not hard on your gut. It's very low acid, which a lot of coffee is not. That's why you get stomach problems in the afternoon. Really? Yeah. That's what it was. If you drink coffee, so, and Paul can actually, they got videos on their YouTube channel and stuff that break it down, but the way they clean the beans and watch them produces a low acid coffee and doesn't affect the flavor, but it's cheaper to do it the way that gives you high acid, but then that's why you get heartburn. That makes sense. Giddy up. That makes sense because, and, and I, I just found out that coffee makes you go to the bathroom. You just found that out? I mean the bathroom, bathroom. Oh, yeah, that bathroom. Not just found out. Yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, right. For some reason, I never put two and two together. I'm like, man, that food went through me fast. I didn't, know, I didn't know it was coffee that did that. Get a little caffeine in if throwing some nicotine. Buckle up. <laughs> All right. Okay. Great. Um, what are y'all doing this weekend? Trying to figure out why trying to figure out why China's not our biggest importer anymore. Mexico. Yeah, yeah how about that? 
Mexico. That's right. Like, um, if, if, uh, not sure how they did it, but it was a long time coming and it just happened. So, um, when I saw that and I, and I thought, um, I thought we were going to have an NFSC on actually, uh, well, uh, we'll probably be appearing on them tomorrow morning for, um, about a few minutes, but it looks like, um, figures were released on Wednesday by the United States Commerce Department show that the value of goods imported from the United States uh, from Mexico rose nearly 5% between 2022 and 2023 to more than $475 billion. At the same time, Chinese imports tumbled to $427 billion. So, it's, I mean, it's a little bit there, but uh, our biggest importer right now is Mexico. It's probably those avocados. I don't know. Um, fent- maybe it's the fentanyl. It's the fentanyl. It's yeah, they're factoring in the fentanyl. <laughs> or do they count it? Do they count illegals as imports? Right. Oh, yeah, could could be. No, but really, honestly, a lot of the you go to your grocery store in the middle of February, a lot of that produce comes from there. It has to. Yep. Yeah. Um Mexico has also been among the beneficiaries of the growing shift away from reliance on Chinese factories. But the picture is more complicated as it's seen as some Chinese manufacturers have established factories in Mexico to exploit the benefits of the three-year-old U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, which also allows for duty-free trade in North America for many products. Um, I'm much more comfortable dealing with Mexico than China. Hell yeah, I am too. Not to mention the cost difference of that getting it here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. With the Red Sea, with the Red Sea all messed up, I mean, mm-hmm. Mexico, mm-hmm. all you need is a truck. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I just want it from America. I don't you like it. You can use those underground tunnels. Yeah, El Chapo tunnels, right? The only thing about those Mexican trucks, they be having those Maypop tires. <laughs> You know, them Baldinis. Man, those things pop like pop. (laughs) Why is this why is this tire smoking? That's not smoke. (laughs) And that's cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I saw uh who's it uh lately what not lately, I uh for a while I've been watching like police arrests people like speeders and stuff it's on youtube i mean it's, it's crazy stuff i i mean and and especially honestly, the women the women yeah, man it's crazy in it mm-hmm. especially the drunk ones yeah. like, you, please 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 don't you, i'll show you this yeah no ma'am no 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 um but for a while there i was these people riding around here with no driver's license no insurance tags ain't right and a heart and an ankle monitor. <laughs> I don't know how many videos I saw. I mean, they, they got an ankle monitor and they've already crossed state lines going to another place. Where are you going? I was just driving to my sister's, man. I mean, you know, I was just where are your driver's license. I it's at my sister's, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got an ankle monitor? Yeah, I, yeah. I just was delivering stuff. I was going right back. I was going right back. <laughs> and, and, and one of them. I, look, I don't even know. I don't even know how they survived. The police was in the median, in the median, 
and the and the car that came by had to be doing 130 miles an hour. The cop was like, zoom, like that. <laughs> the cop turned around and 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 cut. Well, he took he took him for a while though. He, he, he took him, but then they caught him in the field where the car couldn't go no farther because it got caught in some mud, I guess, out there. So then he comes out there, he has his hands up, he's walking back toward the police. He's, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. I mean, some some of these videos are crazy. And then you got people stealing in, in department stores, been stealing for a couple months, $1,000, $2,000. Dude, there's a camera right there, right over your register. And you're like, but I only took like 100. Ma'am, you took... You took close to um, a couple of thousand dollars just on the last couple of days to have it on camera. We've already watched it. Well, I was trying to pay off some bills, you know. I was trying to start my life all over again. But it wasn't your money to do that. Don't you understand? These people, I mean, but then again, they're mostly, they're all young too. Like, like we said, they're not reading. They're not passing classes. One, one guy, one guy was um, standing. <laughs> the police were uh, the police was at the front door. The guy's was way back. He, he had to be about twenty yards inside, all the way back. And the police kept saying, "Come on out, come on out." Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, man, y'all gonna shoot me. Y'all gonna shoot me. Last about maybe fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Police were going around the side of the house and stuff. He was like, I can't come out. I can't. I can't. I got to call. I got to call my mom. I got to. Dude, it's over. It's over. Just come on out. Put the put the cuffs on. Let's go. You know who used to rob the most is, is people. I was in this volunteer fire company. Mm-hmm. And we had, a, we had a little bar. And we did. We had a lot. Of, we had a legal gambling license. And we used to make a lot of money. I'd be at the meeting. At the end of the month, you know, you're at the meeting. I was a trustee. And it's like, you hear the finance report. It's like, gambling revenue was $32,512. Uh, the, the account balance is $512. Huh? You made $35,000 and there's only 500 in the bank. <laughs> huh? Yes. I mean... <laughs> And then the bartender at the place, you'd see her at the American Legion gambling all night with cash. Wow. Never cashed a check, nothing. Just straight <laughs> out of the... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that fire department is now closed. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's funny, too, when you watch these cop shows, and it's like we haven't enforced laws for 10, 20 years, and then you see all these knuckleheads doing stuff. And like doing the same thing over and over and oh, and it's like, what the hell? What the hell's going on? You know, this one person was trying to pass off a, a check at a bank. They called the police. So I, I guess the person tried to beat up the teller, and that, and she got beat up. But when the cops came, it turned out to be it was a transsexual dude, and he was like. You know me. I'm always on TV. I'm always on YouTube. Man, I don't know you. You know me. Kept on saying that. You know me. You I'm like, listen, cut some of this video down. He don't know you, man. 
woman, them, thee, thou, thou, though. He, them, he, there. Yeah, he don't know you. He doesn't know you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, we we got to get ready to go. Uh, Hutch and Hutch and J Rob are gonna give a full detail of the Tucker uh, uh, on video on Monday. But um, I want to make sure that everybody has a um, has a great weekend. Uh, I had my toilet seats changed this morning. The seats or the whole toilet? No, the seats. Remember, I I came to this house about it's going on two years now. I just got sick of looking at those uh, generic toilet seats. So I got those wooded toilet seats. I I remember fancy. I I remember sit. I got them off Amazon. I remember going over to somebody's house one time. I've been over to somebody's house that had those wooden seats. I've had. I went over to somebody that had um, the the soft. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kmart ones. Yeah, I like them. But There's these seats wrong are with soft, things, You know. These seats are like when you open it, when you try to close it, like. Oh, that's awesome. You can just yeah. flick it down now. Yep. All you got to yep. do is flick it. It goes down slow. Just start. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel rich a little bit. <laughs> I can I can take a magazine in there and sit there for a while now on those wooden seats, man. They're like, okay. Yeah. You just stand there and watch it go down. But um, <laughs> I have no, I mean, I, I have no life other than Check out WayneDupree.com, y'all. Uh, check out the stories. Uh, a couple of the stories that I have over there. Um, the U.S. Uh, uh, they train U.S. troops for theft and bias after they targeted LGBTQ pride flags. Believe that or not. Yeah. Uh, there's a tragic story about a baby that was decapitated during delivery. Um, it was ruled as a homicide, too. So y'all want to check out that story over there. And Chris Christie was asked whether he would do a third party run. I don't think he's done yet, but um Ooh, seven people will vote for that guy. Yeah, no. Um, and Thomas Massey, I, I don't know whether y'all seen this or not, but Thomas Massey went off on social media about um, see, this is what happens when you get rid of Kevin McCarthy. So there you go. All right. That's it. Let me give me um let's get to I promise I get that voicemail thing done uh next week. Uh this week came kind of pretty fast, but uh I, I get that vis- um listener voicemail thing done and I'll promote it and um we'll get we'll get some of y'all's responses and daily questions and stuff for me, Jason, and and the godfather. Uh, but we're going to final thoughts. Jason, go. Hey, hey, uh, for news, folks, two biggest things, Tucker. I'm looking forward to the Tucker Putin thing because it's going to be a lot of confirmation of stuff we've already talked about. Uh, second thing is it's expected that the Trump uh, business case in New York, the ruling comes down this week. I'm expecting probably Friday afternoon. Um, so that'll blow up. They'll time it so it blows up the weekend news cycle. And I suspect Trump's going to get his ass kicked. Not that he should. I'm just saying that's what the judge is probably. Next week or this week? 
tomorrow. I think it's going to, I think it's due this week. It looks like they don't give a timeline, but it sounds like everybody's speculating that they're going to issue a judgment, but just everybody it's going to get appealed. He's going to get, I mean, you thought 83 million was big for Jeannie Carroll. I'm going to guess 500 million and he's got to dissolve his business or something. It's going to be because these guys are all radical lunatics. Yeah. Uh, on a personal note, uh, we do the American Tribune. Our faith articles have done so well. We're actually going to be starting the Christian Tribune, which is kind of fun, where we're going to talk about just kind of churchy stories. So we're pretty excited about that. And then the wife and I, this weekend, we're nesting. Grandbaby on the way. Got to get the got to get the bedroom ready. <laughs> there you go. Uh, in true form, the CCP has replaced their head of securities regulator after their market turmoil. Whenever, whenever something goes south in the Chinese Communist Party, somebody pays. So he's the one that paid. He'll probably go on a permanent vacation here. You guys disappear, right? Uh, they said that they replaced him, and I probably can't find the old guy. So probably he's probably yeah. out there in the Yuger camp or something like that. Have a great it's like, weekend. It's like I'm surprised they even remember his name. He he didn't he didn't even exist. <laughs>